Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Good to have you with me on breakfast. I'm Lin Li Fu. And on White Matters this morning, according to rating agency Moody's Investor Service, a higher proportion of women in the boardroom, the diversity of opinion they bring as being supportive of good corporate governance could drive higher credit ratings and stock returns for firms. In 2022, women held 29% of corporate board seats, up from 24% two years ago. But anecdotally, the stocks of companies with low female board representation have underperformed. With that in mind, why aren't companies having more female leaders at the top of the hierarchy? Well, in fact, many are leaving in recent weeks. The already underrepresented group of high-profile women leaders in tech has become even thinner. With YouTube CEO Susan Potichki and Meta's chief business officer both stepping down from their positions in February. So, in today's Why It Matters, we speak with a Silicon Valley business journal woman of influence who has been breaking down barriers and driving inclusion in the tech industry. We will also discuss how she's working to promote diversity and inclusion in tech, the ways generative AI is transforming cybersecurity and the impact of recent tech layoffs on the industry. She is Kavita Mariapan, Executive Vice President of Customer Experience and Transformation at Zscaler. Kavita, welcome to the show. Very good morning. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure and an honor. All right. A very quick introduction to your background. You were born in Malaysia but moved to Australia at a young age. You grew up there and you completed your tertiary education. Now, how and when did you discover that you liked tech? You know, I think um, tech was perhaps part of my DNA, perhaps part of, um, you know, the fantastic early education that I had um, in in Malaysia. Mm -hmm. It was just very much part and parcel of, you know, both my wiring as well as I think my environment. But at the end of the day, you know, I was really inspired by my father. Mm -hmm. Uh, My father, you know, is a scientist, a health scientist. um, And, you know, he really encouraged me uh, from a very young age here uh, as I was growing up as a child in Malaysia to pursue mathematics and science. And, you know, that just led me down Mm. the STEM subject. I know as Asians, math and science is something Mm. we've always encouraged our children to study. For me, you know, with that encouragement from my father, uh, the environment, it just, you know, it just became something that clicked. And then obviously growing up in Australia after that, I ultimately chose to study engineering at university. And, you know, I've uh, had close to three decades of quite an exciting, dynamic, enlightening career journey. Journey, obviously, early career in Australia, and then I moved to the Silicon Valley 24 years ago, so uh, right in the heart of the Silicon Valley. And I think it, a lot of this came from just my excitement of, or like I would say, uh, inquisitive nature on how mm. things work. Mm. Now, as a woman leader in tech and in Silicon Valley, no less, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges women face in STEM fields and how can they be addressed? You know, I think there, there are a multitude of challenges women face. And, you know, as much as things are, you know, definitely starting to improve, I think it really starts with sort of the early exposure to STEM education itself. And I think in many cases, young girls view STEM education, whether it's, you know, core engineering or maths or sciences, 
it's one thing to study them at school. It's another thing to, you know, um, envision a career in that. And I think there's a little bit of a cultural, also gender stereotyping that occurs where STEM fields are often viewed to be masculine um, and, you know, teachers, the environment, sometimes even family mm-hmm. underestimate, you know, girls. Yes, you can go study that, but, you know, you really do you really want to do that for a living? That's one. I think the other thing is just in some sense, male dominated cultures and that create work environments that can be perhaps exclusionary and are not supportive um, or attractive to women and minorities. And then I think the final thing, which, you know, I focus a lot on personally is role modeling. There are so few female successful role models. And Lily, congratulations, looking at you, you know, congratulations for setting kind of that tone as well, right? Because role modeling is so powerful when girls and young women see other women who have achieved a certain level of stature in all these different fields. It it gives them, um, it gives them hope. It gives them a journey, a path to follow. Kavita, tell us about one career defining moment. Wow. Um, I've had many. I've been fortunate. I have to say, you know, part of my um, my philosophy is always be learning, be a continuous learner, you know, be it as an individual contributor, as a leader, as a, you know, anything and any stage in our life, because I think those are what create these tectonic career defining moments. Uh, and for me, I think, you know, one of the most interesting uh, positions were uh, when I, two actually, I mean, one was when I went on to lead, go to market at a company called Databricks, uh, which is a startup and, and it's a you know, very established company right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was this challenge to say, take every Everything you have and now go figure out how to monetize open source, open source software, right? Which is really like free. How do you go create these amazing business models? And I learned that, you know, in applying a lot of the things, my, my engineering, my financial, my go to market background, that you, it was a, an amazing defining unlock for me, right? Mm-hmm. That had this skill or this talent. And since then, obviously, you know, being able to apply that to uh, my time here in the cybersecurity uh, space here at Zscaler for close to five years, you know, the it, these, these have been very defining the things that one doesn't think you can do mm. and that you go create these amazing new markets and open and foster these new avenues. There is also a program focusing on connecting, empowering and ele- elevating women at Zscaler. Tell us more. Yeah. Um, so we call this program, I mean, it's actually an employee resource group, a WISE, W-I-Z-E. Um, so women um, at Zscaler Engage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really an employee resource group, uh, folk, you know, led by our female employees. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, at the, you know, I guess the privilege of, of starting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I wow. first arrived at Zscaler, I, you know, looked around and, and, you know, I realized all these women were reaching out, you know, not within the, just the company, but like externally, um, because they hadn't seen a female leader and a role model model like this and mm-hmm. they had a lot to share they wanted a safe space they wanted you know to uh, to ask about career and professional development opportunities they also wanted to share you know broadly uh, feedback around hey mm-hmm. um, you know we we need better tools and tips. We need mentoring and all of these. And so it sort of helped set up the grassroots of this, but really let our women employees lead it. And I have to say, you know, it's been super gratifying to see it. And and five years on, we have six employee resource groups in the company, you know, all represented by uh, many other diverse and minority groups as well. So one for veterans, uh, one for our Black employees at Zscaler, uh, one for our Latino employees, our LGBTQ plus uh, community, uh, and the list goes on. 
So you've uh, managed and, and dealt with these women from across uh, demographics, across different backgrounds. What is that one big challenge, a common challenge among all these women? The common challenge I think you know women have uh, is first and foremost feeling the confidence and mm. having the confidence to get a seat at the table, mm. right? I think with all the barriers that are put in front, and, and some of them are um, inherent, and I mean, some of them are there, and some of them I think were just, you know, inherently believe also for years of social conditioning that they're there. And and so both culturally and just, you know, not wanting to kind of just take a seat at the table. Mm. Uh, and, and, and when we don't and we take a step back, then the environment treat us, treats us that way as well. Mm. Right. And so that, you know, trying to overcome that and creating work, education and all of those environments that actually recognize that. And and that's the big difference, Lindley, between the word equity and equality. Mm. Right. We all aspire to create a world that is equal, but not all of us are coming to the table with the equity. We have very different starting positions. Mm. Right. Whether it's economic starting positions, whether it's gender diverse starting positions, etc. So when all of us show up at work or at school, etc., saying, you know, you have to you have to hit that grade or, you know, you have to accomplish this and get to the next level in the promotion. It's the recognition that, you know, we're not all starting from the same place. And I think the other aspect for us to be very aware of is we have biological differences that, you know, as women in many cases, you know, we uh, we become mothers at some mm-hmm. point in our careers that necessitate taking time off work, that necessitate, you know, childcare uh, and all of those types of things as women were, you know, naturally care caregivers and carers. And we need to ensure that the workforce, right, is mm-hmm. is appreciative of that and is making accommodations so our women employees can, can still perform, uh, mm-hmm. but have those accommodations made. And I, I always say this, you know, at the end of the day, this isn't a nice to have. Mm. When 50% of the population on average being women are not working, are not being given those opportunities, we're not giving them an opportunity to participate in the global economy. Mm. We're inherently taking economic buying power away from women. 50% of the population. Isn't it better for the economy when we all get to play fair? Okay, coming back to that program you were talking about, it's really a very good program that supports women in the tech industry. So what benefits do such programs provide to diverse leadership teams and how do companies promote and retain more women in leadership roles? So I think benefits to organizations, it's, it's you know, there's empirical evidence that when women, one, as I said, you know, are, are given the opportunity that companies do better. First and foremost, diverse thought and diversity in the composition of an organization leads to better success, mm. better profit margins, leads to top line growth. These are all critical, like empirical evidence, right, that it's an advantage to the organization. And the other aspect of it is women also are collaborators. They are multitaskers. So when you throw women into these leadership positions and management positions, you start to see a very different leadership style, one that is highly collaborative, one that is bringing groups together. And this multitasking capability also puts women at an advantage when it comes to like highly dynamic, hyperscaler growth, chaotic environments, you know, especially like if you look at IT, cybersecurity, this is like fast paced industries like finance, etc., 
these skill sets, you know, these not just the, the core subject matter domain skill sets、mm-hmm. of however we're trained, but the EQ as well as these other attributes, just you know, set organizations that actually、uh, lean into hiring women and empowering women to be in these positions and encouraging them in in much better,、um, you know, I would say impact and outcome. Scenarios. Kavita, we have so much to talk about, you know, in terms of women in tech. But we're going to have to wrap things up quickly. A final question for you: What's your outlook for the tech sector in the coming years, and what opportunities do you see for innovation and growth? I think for me, I have、uh, been in tech for 29 years. I've been in the Silicon Valley in the heart of, you know, tech for the last 24. I can tell you that it's a highly resilient industry and space. I think the outlook, you know, we've seen layoffs in the Silicon Valley and it's sort of reverberating through the industry, but it's highly resilient. I still see a very positive outlook, you know, despite all the challenges of the pandemic, etc., coming out. Because at the end of the day, tech and innovation play a tremendous role in forging the economy forward. And so, for me, I believe there's no better time to be in tech than now. On that positive note, thank you very much, Kavita. Kavita Mariopan, Executive Vice President of Customer Experience and Transformation at Zscaler. Thank you. Thank you for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.